Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X.ca on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Santana bringing us back on Oilers now. Carlos Santana at Rogers Place tonight. Of course, he plays the guitar, Dave, so I don't understand how a concert would work with him. All right, I, just, I don't quite get it, I guess. Would he uh, have someone sing for him, or he just plays the guitar the entire show? How does it work? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I assume he has hired a vocalist. I, I would hope. I mean, I love the guitar, but... To hear the guitar for three hours <laughs> might get a little mind-numbing. So, <laughs> I don't know. You'll have to check it out to find out tonight at Rogers Place. <laughs> if, I was just at a concert last week. Uh, my first ever uh, country concert at Rogers Place. Oh, yeah. Gilbert. Yeah. It was entertaining. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. You're not a country guy. No, though. I'm not. But well, I won it. tickets. It was free, so I went. And yeah. it was fun. So, you're, A few you're, drinks and yeah. Yeah. Music sounds good. There you go. Oilers Now, as always, is brought to you by Digitex. Ched uses Digitex for their copiers and printers, and the service is excellent. We'll hear from Chris Johnson here shortly. Some guests on Oilers Now received gift certificates from Japanese Village, three locations downtown, south side, and on the north side. Uh, during the break, I saw a tweet on Twitter from Oscar the Grouch. Well, it was retweeted. I don't actually follow Oscar the Grouch, but I thought it was funny because he said, everyone is so grouchy today, I love it. And I wonder if that has to do with the time change. And uh, it's clearly affected Glenn Galtzen in Calgary, as uh, Dave was talking about prior to the news there. How many F-bombs did he drop in his uh, post-practice uh, scrum around, today? Around 20. 20. Wow. Mm. Well, no, not, not in the scrum, but he was. Oh, that was he went practice. off on his team. There's a video of him okay, ranting, about, uh, ranting to his team and just ripping him for everything. Wow. So, yeah. And the last time it worked when he uh, threw the stick into the crowd. So we'll see if that happens again. Let's bring aboard Chris from uh, NHL Hockey on Rogers. CJ, how are you doing? 
I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Not bad. You uh, feeling good today after the time change? Yeah, not too bad. Got my taxes done. Uh, you know, getting getting ready for the playoff time when uh, when I'm totally out of commission. <laughs> yes, that should be fun. Uh, here in Edmonton, we're watching the Oilers, uh, you know, play out the string of games, but Connor McDavid makes it exciting still every night, so that's a positive. Uh, lots to hit on with you. I don't know where you want to start, what caught your eye over the weekend. I know you had some interesting comments on the goalie interference we'll get to. Uh, maybe just from afar, your take uh, on the Oilers here and what you're watching for down the stretch. Well, I mean, obviously it's a tough spot. I mean, when no one uh, expects your team to be where they're at, uh, it's hard to find positives, I think, at this time of year. You know, certainly a chance uh, for some players to try to put themselves on the, the radar going forward. But, you know, at, at this stage, I think most people, uh, at least from afar, are fast-forwarding to what happens in the off season because, uh, you know, it wasn't really a trade deadline period where uh, there was an opportunity to, to shift things. But, uh, you know, I think it should be a busy off season around the Oilers and, and see if, if everyone's jobs remain intact and, and, you know, how they can move forward from, you know, a season I don't think too many people saw coming. Well, what do you think happens uh, in terms of uh, the hockey operations? Does it stay the same? Do uh, Peter Shrelly and uh, Todd McClellan both come back? Or what does it matter, I guess, what happens down the stretch? Well, that that might matter a little bit. I mean, my, my sense of things is that, that they really wanted to get some stability in there. Uh, you know, from the time that the, this current management staff and then the coaching staff was put in place. And, and you know, a lot of that will, will probably fall on the owner's shoulders and how uh, he feels and what he's saying. You know, I saw Bob Nicholson's interview on Hockey Night in Canada last Saturday, and, you know, it, it seemed that he was giving a pretty strong vote of confidence uh, to, to what's there and, and a belief that, you know, you, you can't just change everything up every every couple of years and expect, uh, things to change, and sometimes you have to to go through a tough period. So, you know, I, I do think that there's a chance of that. But anytime a season goes off the rails the way this one does, you know, those questions get asked. You know, obviously seeing some of the, the commentary uh, about the specialty teams and things that haven't worked well for the Oilers. You know, you, you may see some some changes, but you know, I, at this point, I, I don't have a sense that something is def- definitely coming. But a decision is going to have to be made. You know, once you get out beyond the year. Yeah, I think uh, Bob and uh, John were just talking about that as well when I uh, asked them a similar question that uh, right now stability is the key from Bob Nicholson or what he's uh, looking at. And uh, I know Wayne Gretzky, we had him on Oilers now uh, last week, and he talked about how, you know, it's a quick turnaround for a number of teams. He, he mentioned L.A. They're in the hunt after missing last year. You can look at Colorado as well. Uh, they go from the bottom to the top. And uh, that leads me to uh, asking you about uh, the Hart Trophy. Uh, I've been asking uh, fans about this, and we're going to do interaction later. Should Connor McDavid be in the mix, Chris? Or, you know, the fact that the Oilers are missing the playoffs, does that sort of take him out of it? And when you look at a, a player like McKinnon, if he gets his team into the playoffs, does that help him win the Hart Trophy? Who would be your uh, top vote getter right now? Well, certainly Connor's in the mix. I mean, I don't know how anyone could exclude him, you know, simply because of the playoffs. Because to me, it's not his job to construct the roster. And, and you know, the fact that he's still uh, been one of the best, if not the best players in the league this year, uh, despite not having as, as much going on positively around him, I think it's in some ways a roundabout feather in his cap. And, you know, I, I take the, the awards voting uh, maybe a little bit more literally than some of my colleagues. I mean, there's nowhere in the description of what you're supposed to be choosing about the player most valuable to his team uh, that, that suggests the playoffs are part of it. You know, I'll say similarly a couple seasons ago uh, when Connor played 45 games or whatever it was as a rookie, 
you know, I gave him my number one Calder vote because I thought he was the best rookie in, in the league, and some people held it against him uh, that he didn't play the full season and, and, you know, voted Artemi Panarin instead. So, to me, I think he's right there. I mean, it's hard to ignore what Nathan McKinnon's done. The, the last I checked, he was leading the league in points per game, and, and you know, if that continues and he gets Colorado in, you know, he missed a short uh, bit of time with a shoulder injury uh, there a week or two ago. But, you know, I, I do think that, that, that he's there, but there's a lot of good choices. I mean, the, the reality is sometimes we want to fast-forward these discussions, and, and, you know, probably what happens over the next four weeks is going to have an impact on that award. You know, maybe a little bit less for Connor, but I think – uh, you know, possibly Taylor Hall or, or Nathan McKinnon, someone who elevates a team that, that many didn't expect into the playoffs, uh, will get a little bit of a bump. But you know, I think that the voters are really missing the plot if, if they're excluding Connor simply by, by the fact it's been a tough season for the Oilers. We're joined by Chris Johnson, NHL Hockey on Rogers. One of the reasons I uh, wanted to bring you on, Chris, was uh, on Saturday or during Saturday's headlines, you reported that uh, you know NHL players and coaches, of course, have been vocal about the goalie interference, and uh, it seems like that's a trend. Uh, Cam Talbot, of course, uh, from an Oilers standpoint, was upset not too long ago. Uh, Mike Babcock as well. Uh, Mike Sullivan. So it seems like it's a trend with coaches, players, the media uh, wondering and criticizing what is goalie interference, and uh, you reported that the NHL isn't really happy about that. They want uh, everyone to sort of, uh, you know, be quiet on the matter. So uh, what can you? What else can you tell us uh, on that front? Well, you know, a week from today, the GMs will have the first of a three-day meeting in Florida, and this will be uh, much discussed, I think, both behind closed doors and obviously in the media. You know, really the message that I got from, from the Hockey Ops Department is that the GMs and coaches wanted this. You know, they initiated uh, the idea that you could have this sort of challenge. I think against the league's better judgment, it's something that, you know, Gary Bettman was on record as saying uh, he didn't think he, that it would cause more problems maybe than it might solve. And, you know, perhaps with a bit of you know time to reflect on it, the commissioner uh, could be right because, you know, obviously these are discretionary calls and, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's anything that we could say is consistent out there in terms of what we see with, you know, what, what could be a goal one night and isn't another. But the feeling from the hockey ops department was that, okay, you guys wanted this. It's up to you to work through it with us to get it right. And that by, you know, coming out publicly every time a call goes against you and, uh, you know, casting more doubt on the system that, that you're not actually helping. Uh, that wasn't taken too well, judging by my Twitter feed uh, afterwards. But that that's the feeling in head office. And I think that this... We have to remember it's a bit of a political issue, a political animal uh, behind the scenes. I mean, when, when they first brought in the coaches challenge, uh, there was some discussion about potentially having the hockey operations department in Toronto, the video room, uh, make those calls. They, they, at the time, the feeling was they didn't want to take them out of the hands of the referees. And, and, you know, I think it remains that way today. But, you know, that, that then leads to the point where I think the discretion comes in. And I'm not sure we'll get to a stage where everyone is totally happy. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't see a magic cure here, uh, you, you know, but I do think that getting everyone a little bit more on the same page uh, would be a start with it. And, you know, certainly I don't get any sense they're going to take this out or anything like that. So, you know, that you want to get to a, a better spot uh, where there isn't maybe so much distress in the system because, you know, as the Oilers saw last year, I mean, you can get some big goals either called back for you or, or, or that stand up against your team that you don't believe should count. Um, you know, and and not really understand why. So, I think that this issue will be really under the microscope uh, over the next week and week and a half as they go through those discussions. And you know, I think the league wants the the, the the GMs and the coaches to be part of the solution, 
uh, rather than you know holding up the flashlight and complaining about everything. Yeah, I get why they sort of want everyone to you know stay on the same page here. But at the same time, like if that happens in the playoffs, we're doomling. Like, how is that not a goal, Chris? If that happens in the playoffs, uh, I think uh, there'll be another, uh, you know, another storm all over uh, the media and uh, throughout the coaches and uh, whoever's involved in that certain play. Uh, it just seems like uh, with the playoffs around the corner and so much uncertainty right now, it could get ugly. It could, you know, I, and I, I think the league knows that. You know, they, they've the same regime that lived through the whole Brett Hall thing, you know, many years ago, two decades ago, and it's not necessarily all that different in terms of. Um, you know, there, there being a lot of doubt about this, and, and you know, that's the everyone's worst nightmare is an overtime goal that decides the season or even decides a series. I mean, really deciding any game of a series is is, is probably too much. You know, given how how close it is in the playoffs and how each goal matters. Usually, you know, you, we're seeing lower scoring tight games when you get to that time of year, and, and it's a tough spot. Um, you know, and, and I do wonder if the inevitable outcome down the road. I don't think it's going to happen next week by any means, is that, you know, you have hockey operations making these decisions. It might be one way to, to get a little bit more consistency in the process, you know, whereas, you know, we have, what, uh, 100 officials, give or take, uh, you know, that, that are, you know, reviewing the calls as they currently are now and making those decisions. Um, you know, maybe that's one way to get it there, but, you know, I can't shake the idea that, that you know, goalie interference is a little bit in the eye of the beholder with or without video review and that, you know, there's no way really to, to keep everyone happy with this. And, you know, at some point uh, we might just have to live with the fact that, that there is, uh, you know, some doubt about it. It's not that different than the NFL where, you know, I know it as a Dallas Cowboys fan a couple years ago, there was a big catch in the playoffs that was called not a catch that yeah. they've since now said in reverse should have been a catch. I mean, sometimes there there is uh, that element at play in sports now that we have review. And, and, you know, I don't see a way to really put the toothpaste back in the tube here. I, I can't imagine the league's going to abolish review, and as long as we have it, I think that there's going to be these type of debates. Quickly, uh, Chris, on the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, what's uh, the latest on Austin Matthews? He continues to skate with the team, and you know my sense is that they're really uh, taking it pretty easy with him. He's, he's coming up on three weeks since he's been out. Uh, was was given behind the scenes a two to three week timeline in his recovery, so you know I wouldn't be surprised if we see him maybe this weekend. Uh, perhaps they'll, they'll push it to next week. Uh, and just wanting to be sure that his shoulder is totally in a position where he's comfortable because, you know, he hasn't yet taken uh, contact in practice. And, and obviously when he gets back, he'll be jumping in, uh, you know, certainly by the time the playoffs arrive into a time of year where the Bruins, who it looks like the least will face, will, will definitely be finishing their checks on him and wanting to play him physical. So you know, I think the Leafs, uh, with, with this sort of strange playoff format, have are locked into third, you know, both positively and negatively. They can't really be caught, and I don't think they can catch the Bruins ahead of them. So uh, they're going to they're gonna be extra cautious with Austin at this time and, you know, just try to have him in the best shape possible when the playoffs arrive. Yeah, and with the Bruins, I mean, without Bergeron or McAvoy, I would assume they would be locked into second. They're only uh, six points back with a couple of games in hand is on Tampa Bay, but Tampa's going red hot right now. So I'd assume it's Boston, Toronto in the playoffs. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, so it is interesting to see what the Leafs end up doing here with uh, Matthews. What's uh, I'm sure you guys are following Boston closely as well out there uh, in uh, Toronto, Chris. Uh, what's the latest on Bergeron and McAvoy? Will they be back for the playoffs? Uh, well, Bergeron, I would think for sure. You know, he was given a two-week timeline a little bit more than a week ago. He's got a small fracture in his foot. I, you know, I'm led to believe it's the kind of thing he could probably play through if he had to, you know, if it occurred 
during the playoffs, he'd probably be one of those guys who doesn't take any skates and is getting treatment and is, is somehow gutting it through the games. Um, you know, so for in his case, I do get the sense the Bruins are also just you know being being careful because they have the option to be. You know, McAvoy's a little bit less clear. You know, he had a four week timeline on his injury, and and you know at, at that point, uh, we'll just see how he responds. I mean, I think that we'll see him on the ice. When a playoff start, uh, the question will be is, you know, how close to 100% is he and how effective can he be? Because obviously, you know, skating the puck and then, you know, feeding the Bruins transition game is a huge uh, strength of his. He, you know, he logged a lot of minutes for them this season and he's a really big, important part of what they do. You know, I think that there's a little bit more concern uh, in his case just about, you know, how his recovery goes here. But you know, it's too, too, too soon to say, you know, what impact that, that will have, what bearing it will have on the playoffs, but, you know, it's it's funny when you're in a situation the way the Atlantic division is, because I agree with you, the Lightning look uh, pretty comfortable to, to take the division, and, and they're waiting to see who grabs a wild-card spot to play them. The Leafs and Bruins have really kind of known in the back of their minds they're probably playing each other since December, and, you know, so you have, rather than a playoff race here, I feel like it's a little bit more jockeying behind the scenes to make sure uh, your your team is is best positioned to, to give its best in you know the second week of April when when things get going for real and and you know I, I do think over time we'll see the NHL change this playoff format because of it because it's kind of sucked some of the drama here out of the last few weeks of the regular season. Yeah, it's interesting because you look at the Metro, everything's still up in the air there. Then the Atlantic, everything's set in stone. So, just uh, shifting over to the Metro quickly, Chris, uh, what's your take on that division? Of course, Pittsburgh going for the three peat here. You know, Washington always good in the regular season. I don't know if they have the horses to go on a run, but maybe this is the year they surprise everyone and do it because no one's thinking they can. And then Philadelphia is in the mix and New Jersey in the hunt as well. So, what surprised you, I guess, the most in that division? Well, the fact that it's so wide open is probably a surprise. And, and you know, Pittsburgh's put together a nice uh, run really since the start of January. But there's some question marks there. I mean, Matt Murray is out right now with a concussion. And, you know, without him, uh, they've really had some spotty goaltending, even with him, frankly. I mean, he had, he's had some good runs himself, but he hasn't had a season uh, like you'd expect. I mean, he dealt with the unexpected loss of his dad. Uh, there's There's been a lot going on uh, in his life uh, that I'm sure has, has complicated his ability to perform at work as well. And certainly not to trivialize that, but you know, I, I think even as good as the Penguins are offensively, you know, with three of the top scorers in the league, that that you know that goaltending uh, question mark will be a big one when you get into a playoff series. I'm with you on Washington. To me, it's still not as good as the team that, that won a couple of Presidents trophies recently, uh, but maybe some things will break their way this way. And you know, they're dealing with their own goaltending issue with Braden Holpe uh, getting sat now for regular starts for starts you'd expect your number one. At the play in place of Philip Grubauer, and you know perhaps when they get to the big games, it'll be Grubauer playing, uh, which would be a bit of a surprise there. And beyond that, it, I do think it's open. I mean, New Jersey is, is probably the, the kind of team. If you're an Oilers fan, you're, you're looking at uh, positively because they were able to add really some some young, speedy players uh, who aren't the, the the heart of their team. But I think it's really made them into you know what should be a playoff team, or certainly is a playoff bubble team in the East this year. Um, you know by getting some some speedy young wingers in our lineup and, and you know, giving that, that team a whole different look than what it had last year. You know, the Flyers have been on a nice run, and then the addition of Peter Morazic uh, as a trade deadline uh, acquisition has, has solidified things a little bit in goal for them. I mean, really, it's hard to bet against the Penguins because of the two cups and, and uh, the elite-level scoring talent they have, but I wouldn't be surprised to see any of those four teams uh, be the one that emerges from the first two rounds out of the Metro, just because it, it does feel a little bit less uh, solidified than it did a year ago when you had 
Washington is the, the top team in the regular season. Pittsburgh at number two, and I believe Columbus was fourth uh, in the whole league, even though they finished third in that division. So it's it's far more wide open, and maybe if you're a Capitals fan, uh, you can dream a little bit uh, about something different happening than, than has happened there because it has, uh, you know, the, the, the dominoes are set up, I think, to fall in their favor more than they were in the past. Should be a lot of fun down the stretch, Chris. Uh, thanks for taking some time today. We'll do it again soon. Okay, guys. Thank you. Chris Johnson from NHL Hockey on Rogers. You can follow him at Reporter Chris on Twitter. Now uh, part of the uh, Saturday Headlines crew at Hockey Night in Canada. Big promotion for Chris there. That's a big get when you're on with uh, that crew in Hockey Night in Canada. And he's earned it. Love chatting with Chris. He's always uh, kind with his time as well. Joins us uh, whenever we ask him on uh, Oilers Now. And also he's a big uh, contributor of Inside Sports as well, Dave. So... Great guy to get on. Yeah, he's been a guest on the show time to time. Always enjoy his insights and excellent reporter as well. So, I know we're way late for the break, and uh, you're likely shaking your head, so we'll get to a break, and uh, we'll get to you when we come back. You can text us 630-630. Call us 780-496-0063. Who is your Hart Trophy favorite? What do you think about McDavid and Nugent Hopkins together? Should the Oilers start next season with Nugent Hawkins on the left wing and uh, not trade for someone in the offseason? We'll talk about all that as we move along, Oilers, now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca That's ProAmSports.ca This is Milan Lucic from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Ched. Here on Oilers now, 128 in Edmonton. Let's get to Stoffer Trivia. Brought to you by Mr. Lube. Winter driving begins at Mr. Lube, Canada's leader in car maintenance. The Oilers have beaten the Flames in uh, seven straight meetings. So we're going to go back to the last time the Flames beat the Oilers. It was uh, during the uh, 2015-16 season. The Flames shut out the Oilers 5-0. At Rexall Place. Who was a net for the Flames in that game that shut out the Oilers? Give us a call, 780-496-0063. A $50 gift card to Mr. Lube on the line. But first, the 130 News with Eileen Bell. We'll be back with your phone calls after the news.